Life Audio. Hey there, lovebirds. Are you ready to take your relationship to the next level? Real Relationship Talk is all about uncomplicating your relationships and creating deeper connections. Many of you have already taken my free quiz to test your relationship connection and are receiving my free tips on how to reconnect with the one you love. If you haven't yet taken the quiz, be sure to check it out today at danashay.com forward slash partner quiz. That's danashay.com forward slash partner quiz. Your next level of connection is just a quiz away. Hey, hey, everybody. It's Dana Shay, and you are listening to Real Relationship Talk. I'm so happy that you are here on this episode. For some of you, I know that it took courage just to click play on this episode because you saw the title. And maybe there's something happening in your heart right now because you realize that you are absent in your relationship, in your marriage. You don't want to be absent. You would much rather a connected, loving, fulfilling marriage. But for one reason or another, you have found your love has grown cold, or maybe it's your spouse. Maybe you're the one that's pursuing a close, connected relationship with your spouse, but they're the ones who you feel like their love is cold. They've gone rogue. They've gone absent. They are MIA from the marriage. And really, we could have called the podcast episode MIA from the marriage. I want to continue in this little mini series that we've been doing over the last week. Actually, last week was the first series or the first um, episode in the series. There's going to be four episodes all together. And these are all based on the results of the partner quiz. You all have heard me talk about the partner quiz. If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, even in the intro of this podcast, I'm encouraging you to go and take the quiz because you need to be able to see your own results. And then these episodes are going to mean a lot more to you because then you're going to know exactly where you scored. A lot of times we don't realize by our behavior and by even our beliefs where we actually are in our marriages. We think that we're more connected than we are. We think that we're more present than we really are. And that's not always the case. So in today's episode, I'm actually going to give you four reasons why you might be absent in your relationship, and then I'm going to give you four antidotes, okay? I want you to go back and fix these reasons. Now, this is not an exhaustive list, obviously. There are many, many reasons that we might show up absent or not show up at all in our marriages. And so you'll find yourself on some of these, and then you can probably add more to this list. And I would encourage you to do so as we go along today. And then I want you to make sure that you stay to the very end of the podcast episode. You guys, I'm introducing something new in every episode from now on, and it's going to give you an affirmation. I am so big on affirmations because they have changed how I view myself. They have changed how I structure my day, how I plan my life. A lot of times we allow input into our minds that's not true. We allow culture to tell us who we are. We allow our mistakes to tell us who we are. We allow other people to tell us who we are. But we've got to go back to the truth of God's word and define who we are according to his word. And so I'm going to be leading you in a really meditative kind of exercise. It's not going to take long at all, less than two minutes. For you to really just set your focus at the end of every episode. So be sure to stay to the end for that. 
Okay, without any further ado, I want to go ahead and jump into the content for today. We have so much to talk about, and I hope that at the end of this episode, your heart is recharged. If you're the one who is now absent in your marriage, then I pray that by the end of this episode, you have literally got like a recharge to your heart. And if you are the spouse who's feeling that your spouse is actually absent, then I want you to share this episode with them. And I believe God will show you the right way how to do that so that they don't feel attacked, right? But you do want to be able to share this episode with them so that they can learn some of these um, solutions so that you guys can actually enjoy a more fulfilling relationship. We've all heard the saying that says that absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? And that can be true if it's a temporary absence. You go away on a trip, a business trip. You come back, you're like, oh my God, I missed you so much. But in this case, absence actually makes the heart grow farther. You see, when you're emotionally disconnected from your spouse and you remain in that condition, then the disconnection gap simply widens. You get to a place where in last week's episode, we talked about being apathetic, which is where you just don't care. You're like, whatever, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, whatever. You're just kind of aloof. You're just like in the middle of the, uh, do I want my marriage to work? Do I not want my marriage to work? You're kind of on that spectrum of being in the middle. This is actually a step further removed from that. When you become absent in your relationship, you're not just apathetic, you're not just aloof, you're out the door, physically or emotionally. Some of you are maybe contemplating filing separation or divorce papers right now. And you've landed on this podcast by the grace of God, coincidentally, right? I'm doing this in air quotes, because I believe that there is no marriage that is irreconcilable if both people are committed to doing the work of restoring the marriage. Obviously, there's some caveats to that, right? If you're in an abusive relationship, if your partner is abusing you, if there's chronic infidelity, of course, there's some some caveats to that. But the majority of relationships where your love has just grown cold and where you found yourself or, again, your spouse is absent, I really believe that there is a way back home. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I want to give you some reasons why you might be absent or your spouse might be absent. But then I also want to give you some solutions on how to find your way back home. So if you find that you are absent or your spouse is absent, one of the first reasons can be because of chronic disappointment. Y'all, we all go through disappointment in our relationships, right? You expect something and you get something else. I've heard disappointment defined as the gap between our expectations and reality. And that's the truth. If you expected when you got married that your spouse was going to shower you with attention and affection, but in reality, they're so tied up in their work that they barely pay you any attention, then you're going to live in a state of chronic disappointment. And if you have never spoken those expectations to your spouse, or maybe you have spoken those expectations, but then they're still not fulfilled, you're going to experience chronic disappointment. And chronic disappointment leads to bitterness. Bitterness leads to resentment. And then before you know it, you're at a place where you're saying, I don't want this anymore. This is not reconcilable. It's time for me to leave, or it's time for them to leave. This isn't working. So the first reason, like I just shared, is that you're just disappointed. Now, I'm not belittling that. This is a big deal. 
When you live in a constant state of disappointment, I was sharing on a Facebook Live earlier today in my Christian Marriages and Relationships group, which if you're not a part of that group, we'll link to that in the show notes of the podcast so that you can join that group. But I was saying on that live video that there is nothing worse than being alone in your marriage. Many of you can attest to that, right? You know what that feels like. It is not a good feeling because you feel stuck. It's like, I can't even go out and enjoy a companionship with somebody else because I'm married, but yet I feel so alone. And this is what chronic disappointment feels like. You feel like you're the only one in the marriage. The second reason that couples become absent is because of rejection. Nobody likes to be rejected. We will do anything to avoid rejection. Sometimes people will make horrific decisions just so that they are not rejected. Sometimes you'll stay in a very unhealthy, abusive relationship because that's better than feeling rejected. When you feel rejected in your relationship, that will cause your heart to grow cold. That will cause you to become absent, to go MIA, because the pain from that rejection is too much to handle. So rejection, that's another reason that we go absent. We're going to take a quick break so that we can hear a word from our sponsor. Make sure that you've subscribed to this podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can actually follow and subscribe to the podcast. And that way you will get notified every single time we go live with a new episode. So stay tuned. We'll be right back in just a moment. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Okay, my friends, we're back. We're talking about the four reasons that your heart can grow absent in a relationship. So I've given you number one and number two already. One is chronic disappointment. Number two is rejection. Let's jump into number three. Number three is similar to rejection, but number three is pain and unhealed trauma. If you've had pain in your relationship, I can certainly identify with this. Sean and I, we have a story of infidelity. You guys know that if you've listened to the show And I remember being in a place where the pain of that, like even just overcoming what was happening in my marriage, that pain was so deep that my heart was completely closed off to Sean. Why do we do this? Because we want to protect ourselves. A lot of times when we're feeling rejected, when we have gone through pain, our initial response is to protect our heart. And that is a natural response. There's nothing wrong with you for doing that. That's what we do as humans. We protect ourselves. 
The problem with that, though, is let's say your spouse has asked for forgiveness or your spouse is trying to fix whatever breach of trust happened and you have not allowed your heart to reopen to him or her. You've not allowed yourself to heal. Now, be sure to stick around because I'm going to give you the the antidotes here, okay? I'm going to give you the ways to actually overcome these things. But first, we got to talk about how we got here. So pain, trauma, and it could be trauma from a past relationship. It doesn't even have to be something that your current spouse has done to you. Maybe it was a relationship before or a previous marriage or the way that you grew up. And you're still walking around with a lot of this unhealed trauma and this pain in your life. And that allows you not to be able to connect with your spouse on a deeper level. And then the fourth reason is sin. I was like, Lord, how do I say this in a way that's not, listen, it's just sin. It's just what it is, okay? I want to read you a scripture. This hit me like a ton of bricks when I read this scripture, you guys, because this is the state of so many marriages. This scripture is 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. Listen to this. It says, but I know this, hard times will come. Now, Paul is talking about in the last days, okay? But you can actually listen to the scripture in the context of marriage as well. He says, hard times will come, all right? That is a given. If you are married, hard times will come, okay? And then he goes on to say, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, without love for what is good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to the form of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people. I mean, hello, drop the mic, Paul. Drop it. What in the what? Okay, there's so much in that scripture, you guys. When we look at marriage and we look at the reason that our heart has grown absent, I think about people who are on the verge of infidelity right now. And maybe you're listening to this podcast and you are literally in an adulterous relationship or your spouse is. The lovers of pleasure the lover of myself more than the lover of my marriage, being a traitor, being someone who is reckless, being someone who has a form of godliness but denying the power, that means you know the scriptures, you know the verses, maybe you go to church every Sunday, but you're sitting there and your heart is divided. You know in your head, but it hasn't traveled down to your heart. Sin separates us from God, but sin also separates us from each other. So where there is unconfessed, unrepentant sin in a marriage, there will always be division. Oftentimes when I'm coaching couples, especially if they're Christian, if they're not Christian, then they're looking at me like, what in the world? Okay. And so, and I coach an array of different people. You don't have to be a Christian for me to coach you. But oftentimes when I'm talking to couples, they want to talk about the symptoms, right? Think about a tree that's rotten from the inside out. They look at the rotten fruit and they just want to keep talking about the fruit. And I often say, you guys, we could sit here for the next five years and keep picking the rotten apples off the tree. But if we're not going to deal with the fact that your roots are corrupt, nothing's going to change. And that's what sin does. It corrupts the root. It corrupts the entire marriage. The entire family is corrupted. 
So it's not just, oh, my wife isn't giving me sex. No, sir. It's you have a lover of self problem. It's not just my husband doesn't spend enough time with me. No, ma'am. It's because you are not doing what you're supposed to do in your marriage. And I'm not blaming. Listen, please hear me. I'm not blaming if your spouse is not paying attention to you or your spouse is not affectionate. I'm talking about those who are literally caught up in sin, okay? And then we want to then blame our spouse for our own decision. So if you've got a sin problem, we've got to deal with that first. You cannot have a healthy marriage and keep your sin. You just can't. So let's go into the antidotes, all right? Let's talk about how to actually fix these issues. It's one thing for me to tell you these are the problems, but my gosh, Dana, can you give us some solutions? Yes, I can. So let's go back to number one, chronic disappointment, okay? Let's say that's the reason that there's absence. There's a spouse that's MIA in the marriage because of chronic disappointment. Well, the solution for that is to have clear and communicated expectations. Again, remember that disappointment is the gap between the expectation and reality. And what I have learned through the years is that oftentimes we have these expectations of our spouse, but they don't know because we've never told them. We just assume that they know. I talk a lot about this in the communication talks that I give all throughout and in the conflicting or the communicating and conflict online course that I have. You'll hear me talk about this a lot because it's so common, you guys. There's so many times that we expect people to just know what we need, but we haven't actually ever told them. Or maybe you told them six years ago and you expect them to remember. Sometimes we need to be reminded. I know I sure do. There have been many times that Sean has said to me, Dana, remember I told you that? And I'm like, um, no, I don't remember that. I need to be reminded. So think about where you're disappointed. You're thinking, you know, my spouse never does fill in the blank. When's the last time that you let him or her know that that's a need that you have or that's an expectation that you have? If you have not done the work to be clear and communicative about your expectations, you're going to continue to live in a state of disappointment. Now, you might be thinking, well, no, I actually do communicate my expectations. I have told my spouse what I need. Okay, so then if you're still disappointed because your spouse is not meeting those needs, then we need to go a step further and see why said spouse is not meeting those needs. Is your spouse just a selfish jerk? Maybe, but maybe not. Maybe they think they're meeting your need. I shared with a group last night, I was coaching a group last night, and I said, you know what, it's so interesting because a lot of times we think that we're meeting each other's needs and we're not. Like I shared an example, I said, you know, I'm a very affectionate person. And so when we got married, I told Sean, well, he already felt it. I mean, he could see it, you know, I'm affectionate, I'm affectionate. And so one day I went to him because I wasn't feeling like I was receiving affection from him at all. And I said to him, I was like, Sean, I need more affection in our marriage. Now I'm doing the right thing, right? I'm stating my expectations clearly. And you know what he said? I pay the bills. I was like, what? Like, you guys can't see my face right now, but my eyebrows were in my scalp. I was like, what? You pay the bills? He was like, yeah, I pay the bills. And he was sincere, y'all. He wasn't trying to be, like, sarcastic about it. And I was like, sir, what does you paying the bills have to do with me needing affection? I am so lost right now. But you know what? To Sean, he felt like paying the bills provided me with security. And so because I felt secure, that was his way of showing affection to me. I was like, oh, brother, let's, let's break this down, okay? 
I mean I need for your two arms to wrap around my waist. That is affection for me. I need for your fingertips to massage my shoulders. I need to feel your body heat when I am sitting on the couch with you watching a movie. That is what I mean by affection. That is what I'm talking about, you guys. When I say sometimes we got to be clear in our expectations because I thought by telling him I need affection, that was clear enough. Um, Apparently, I was wrong. Okay, so you might need to be a little bit more clear so that you are not living in this perpetual state of disappointment. And again, if you are clear and your spouse still isn't doing it, then like I said, then maybe there needs to be some extra work done. Maybe there needs to be um, some added conversation or some more clarity so that you're not constantly disappointed. All right, number two, we talked about rejection. What's the antidote to rejection? Forgiveness and resilience. Listen, forgiveness is never dependent upon your spouse saying, I'm sorry. We've talked about forgiveness a lot, and I will talk about it to the day that I die, because forgiveness is a crucial aspect in a healthy and in a whole marriage, or any relationship for that matter. If there is something that has happened, you have felt rejected from your spouse or rejected by your spouse, there's got to be a level of forgiveness. Now, obviously, there needs to be repentance, right? Your spouse needs to not reject you if that's what they're doing. But sometimes, y'all, we're not being rejected. We feel rejected. Think about that. Sometimes you're actually not being rejected, but that's what you feel. And if I can be honest with y'all, sometimes it has nothing to do with your spouse. Sometimes that is all you, boo. Somebody else rejected you. Your parent said something to you and your spouse triggered it. So this is where coaching is really vital because sometimes somebody else, a third party can hear you say something and they're like, hold on, hold on. I didn't hear your spouse say that about you. That's you saying that about you. And we don't know what we don't know. So the antidote to that is to forgive your spouse. Yes, let's say they did reject you. Forgiveness and then resilience, meaning that we have the ability to pop back up. We have the ability to keep on going. We do not allow rejection to keep us down and keep us in the bed depressed. And, you know, just like we're just going to miss out on life because my spouse isn't treating me the way that I want them to. We've got to be able to be resilient so that we are not absent in our marriages. And y'all, I've said this before as well, that sometimes you got to go first. And I understand that's really, really hard when you feel like you're the one that's being mistreated. You feel like you're the one with your needs not met. Dana, are you telling me I have to go first? I'm the wounded one. And what I want to say to you is that unless you're married to a psycho or a sociopath, they probably have unmet needs and hurts too. And this is not a competition of who hurt who the worst. This is I'm recognizing something's broken in my marriage. And since you're the one listening to the podcast, you get to go first. I don't know how to say it any other way. Let me just say this about rejection. Because it is a big deal. And and even as I'm saying this, like I'm getting a little bit emotional because I have sat with so many people. I think about Nicole Langman, who was on the podcast. I think that was like back in episode in the 130s. I'll link to it in the in the show notes. Episode 134. Nicole Langman shared about how her husband walked out on her after 20 years of marriage. That's rejection. That hurts. 
But you know what Nicole had to do? She had to forgive that man. Now, forgiveness and reconciliation are not the same thing. They were not able to be reconciled, but she still had to forgive because forgiveness is for you. So if there's something like that going on in your marriage and you're feeling like I'm being rejected all the time, please, for your own sake, learn how to forgive and become resilient so that you're not stuck. All right, let's talk about number three. We talked about pain and unhealed trauma. Well, the antidote to that is get healed. I mean, I don't know how to say it any more simply. It is not your privilege or your portion to live in perpetual brokenness. If you are a son or a daughter of God, Jesus came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So living in pain and living in trauma, that is not how you are purposed to live your life. There is no cut too deep, no wound too big that God can't heal. Now, oftentimes God uses physical means to heal you. People, coaches, therapists, he uses those people. Why? Because they're specialized. So if you've been walking around with a gaping wound, you're going to have to ask yourself, am I willing to get this thing fixed so that I can start showing up in my marriage again? And then finally, we talked about sin. And if you found yourself in that 2 Timothy chapter 3 list, maybe as I was listing out all of those adjectives, you were like, oh my gosh, that sounds like me. I lack self-control. Oh my goodness, I can be slanderous. I can be irreconcilable. If you found yourself on that list, well, the antidote is repentance. Plain and simple. Plain and simple, repentance. And repentance is not confession. Repentance is not just simply saying, I'm sorry. Repentance is a complete turnaround. Now, we know that we can't just do this on our own. If we could just be different, we would all be different. So there is a process of repentance. There is a process of changing and transforming. But it starts with you first recognizing that you need to repent. And then the second thing is that you need to go and make restitution. If you have harmed your spouse in any way, then there needs to be restitution. And again, if you're listening, you're like, no, 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 I'm the one that's been harmed. Well, then your spouse obviously is going to need to make that restitution. But remember what I said, they don't have to come first in order for you to offer forgiveness. You worry about you and let your spouse worry about them. And what I know for sure, for sure, is that when I got my heart right with the Lord, Sean's heart, God handled that on his own. I didn't have to change Sean's heart, can't change his heart, will never be able to change anybody else other than myself. So we have to focus on our part and then let God handle his part. So listen, you didn't land here by accident. You didn't just wake up one day and found yourself absent. You got here on purpose. There was something that happened that moved you from connection to disconnection. And for most people, it was a cyclical, uh, steady progression away. Most people didn't just like one huge event. Some people, yeah, you know, especially if there was like a a betrayal of some sort. But for many people, they kind of slowly got here to the place of just feeling absent. So just like you got here, guess what? You can find your way home. I really believe that. If you want to, you can find your way back. I've just given you four ways how to get back home. 
So I want to take this time right now to just remind you, you are not too far gone. Your marriage is not too far gone. I don't care if you have filed papers. I'm working with a couple right now that's divorced and they're trying to find their way back to one another. Come on, somebody. Your marriage is not too far gone. If you are a Christian, there is no such thing as irreconcilable if repentance is available. Now, if somebody's not repentant, if they're like, nope, I didn't do anything wrong, you're crazy, okay, well, then we're just going to have to stay here. We're just going to have to stay irreconcilable, but not because it's not possible, but because they're not willing. There's a big difference. Big difference. So I believe that you can find your way back home. What I want to do now as we get ready to close out the podcast is for those of you who you're like, Dana, I don't even know where to start. My heart is so cold. I don't even like my spouse. I have no idea how to get back home. I hear the four solutions, but I don't even know where to start. I want to give you an affirmation. And as I said in the intro of the show, this is something that we're going to start doing on every episode because these are powerful. What you speak becomes life. Your words create worlds. We know that. God created this whole entire world by what he spoke. And you're created in his image. And so guess what, friend? What you speak takes on life. This is why we have to be so careful about what we speak. So for the next minute, I just want you to get yourself into a comfortable, quiet position. If you're driving, keep your eyes open, please. Okay? But if you are able to shut off all distractions, I want you to quiet your mind. And I'm going to lead you in a very simple affirmation. It's just a statement of belief. And it's this. My marriage is worth my very best effort. Say that with me. My marriage is worth my very best effort. Some of you didn't say it. So we're going to try it again. Say this with me. My marriage is worth my very best effort. Your very best. Give it all you've got. Throw your whole heart and soul into your marriage and watch what God can do with a willing heart. So thanks so much for listening to this episode today. Next week, we're going to talk about how to become present again. We're swinging from one side of the pendulum all the way to the other because I believe that many of you, you're like, okay, I know I'm absent. I know that I've got to work on that. What does it look like to be a present spouse? You guys remember we were in elementary school and your teacher would call your name out and you had to raise your hand and be like, present. And then if nobody said present, then you realize they were absent. So that's the opposite, right? So we're going to go from absent to presence. Being present is about being available. And we're going to talk about that on next week's episode. So be sure to come back next Tuesday. As I end every episode in saying, a good relationship is not one that works. A good relationship is one where you put in the work. You can find the show notes to today's podcast at realrelationshiptalk.com. Thank you guys so much for being here. I love you all. Have a great week. Take care and I'll see you next week.